Hey everybody, I'm Jay Jones. And I'm LT. And we are the, the Dose, Dose Offensive, Offensive Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Now let's talk about some shit. Hey, welcome back everybody to Dose Offensive Gentlemen. And today's uh is gonna be a continuation of uh, what we were talking about last uh last week. And uh we when we discussed uh, you know, why it's good to make sure kids have can train in martial arts and the positive benefits they have for them. Uh, both physically and and socially and mentally, uh, both as in both and name three things, man. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Nobody's really listening anyway. <laughs> but uh, you know, so today we're going to continue that that discussion, and we're going to bring it more into the realms of uh, personal uh, self protection, uh, self defense, um, and why it's still needed today, and why those roots from why it's a good thing to get you know kids into that mindset early because it definitely uh carries over into your adult life and as we can see nowadays even though you know if we're going to be honest crime is still low it's the lowest it's ever been in history but there's still crime out there right so before we get into that very serious topic we have something even more serious we have to do bartender weekly dun 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 <laughs> oh yeah it's, it shouldn't even be like a dun 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 it should be like a go 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 <laughs> I like scotch down into my belly. Scotch, scotch, scotch. So we have a uh, kind of a special uh, scotch for you today. Uh, actually, it's a special scotch for us today. Um, I think we say that like every. We time. do, I know, because they're all special. Every scotch is special. Every they have to feel like they want, like they're wanted. But like you know, uh, for a lot of times, uh, barring a few, most of the times this is the first time we're trying it. Yeah. Ever, so. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, you came over and this this was a brand new bottle and I've yeah. had it for what like a few weeks waiting to do it for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, so what we what we have today is uh, Edredor uh, ten year whiskey. Now uh, before I start reading everything from the websites for you, uh, just a little bit of a location. Um, Ed, the Edredor Distillery is uh, about halfway between. Edinburgh and Inverness. Um, so it's kind of right smack in the middle of uh, Highland Scotch territory. Um, on the Edredor shop, um, the description is the 10-year-old Edredor is handmade and one of the last single malt whiskeys from a traditional farm distillery still in production today. The methods of production remain virtually unchanged in the last 150 years and are only just capable of commercial quantities. Indeed, Edredor Distillery makes as much whiskey in a year as most distilleries produce in a week. A rare pleasure for a fortunate few. Uh, aged in combination uh, of Oloroso sherry and bourbon cask and chill filtered at 40% uh, alcohol by volume ABV. Now, uh, we I have not tried this one. Have you taken a sip yet? No, I haven't. All right. So I'm waiting. I'm salivating. Waiting. Yeah, yeah. So let me go into a little bit of the tasty notes. Um, and uh, yeah, the tasty notes, uh, it's almost like a, like a poem, almost. So uh, from Masters of Malt, uh, the Edredor is one of Scotland's smallest distilleries and at the heart of the range. This 10-year-old Eastern Highlander is a rather unique single malt, a decidedly rum-like dram with a thick mouthfeel. Now, on the nose, before we drink it, we're going to kind of explain it. On the nose, 
medium, great complexity, thoroughly fruity, sherry sweetness with an alluring vanilla. And on the palate, it's chlorine. Cloying. Cloying? I, I don't even cloying. know how I'm saying that right. Cloying, <laughs> which I'm going to have, we're going to look that up in a second. With a seductive choice. murkiness, rum, barley, toasted almonds. Some may find themselves lost in the melee. Not quite enough method to the madness. And finish. Any confusion is arrested. Spiced fruitcake with creme alanguese. And the overall is an unusual malt. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to say it like I was reading a uh, like, uh, a, like a, uh, a Fifty Shades of Grey novel or something like that. <laughs> but oh no, like we're like not the, like the tone. No, we're not. We're not. But just the, just the tone. Like it's one of those. One it's of those sed- home housewives. I think this guy is trying to seduce me. It is. It's a seductive murkiness. Rum, barley, and toasted almonds. Edredor, are you trying to seduce me? Yes. <laughs> Drink me. Uh, now, uh, uh, but so we started looking at uh, also how small the uh, uh, the distillery is because, you know, they say... Why, like, it's one of the smallest to maintain uh, the uh, commercial status for um, yeah. for that. So we're like, but well, how much do they actually, uh, s- you know, how are they actually able to send out? So established in 1825, the, the distillery was traditionally run by three men. Now it's just run by two. Like, two I'm like, men. what? <laughs> two guys do this. All right. Uh, only 18 casks are produced each week. They have a tour which costs uh, seven fifty pounds, and or seven point five zero pounds, uh, and currently includes two drams and a nosing glass. So like that sounds like, I don't know. Like I feel like that's like all right. This is the tour of my garage. So uh, <laughs> Billy and Bob were in the back, and you could pick up your glasses in the uh, living room as you walk out. <laughs> that's what I imagine it being. Um, Except with a Scottish accent. Yeah, I can't do that though. I can't. Uh, that, we, we I really need. I need many, that. many more whiskeys before I even make an appropriate attempt at that. Yeah, we should. We should try to work on that. Yeah, we need. We need to e- e- wait. Drinking the whiskey. Yeah, and then practicing the Scottish accent. I don't. I'm not sure. I want to do that on air. Why? Cause I mean, someone, I already kind of make a fool of myself sometimes. But <laughs> I think that's the whole purpose of this <laughs> podcast. Is a, no, no, no. It's, make it's to be offensive. Is, well. Didn't you read the name? It's to, it's to be offensive. <laughs> I know, and people are still shocked. I know. I, I love when people come to us like, yeah, I, I, your podcast was offensive. Welcome to the podcast. Like, <laughs> but how? Like, that's the thing is, like, I, we don't overtly never, say anything like... No, we don't go out of our way to be offensive, but it's just... No. It's just uh, amazing when I ask them, okay, what did you find offensive and why? They just your views. You're just, just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, well, they're my views. So, like, let's debate it. Let's talk about it. No. 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 You're just wrong. Yeah, it's happened way too many times. Yeah. For us to, like, still not have, like, any comments on the videos or anything. Or, or anyone who's with an opposing view willing yeah. to come on. Yeah. And that's the thing. That well, just... I'm saying, like, you know, you have your keyboard warriors, right? Yeah. Like, like we still have none of that. No. It's you're, probably, not, you're probably scaring them off. We're not scaring them off. enough yet. Maybe. Like, watch. We're, we're going to have, like, one podcast or someone's going to share it or something. And they're going to be, like, either it's going to be extremely offensive or it's going to be, like, oh, I really like these guys. And then that's when everyone's going to come flood in. Well, it's probably going to be, like, uh, on the Red Pill movie, the, uh, what is his name? Um, 
he's one of the the leading or one of the spokesmen for like the MRAs, the men's rights activists. Um, he wrote a bunch of blogs that never had any kind of publicity. Then he won't, oh, wrote one he in wrote response that, to something. He wrote that one, uh, what's it called? It's called A Voice for Men or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but um, before we start drinking the whiskey, he, uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe you haven't drinking the whiskey yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, he wrote a response and it was, uh, it was pretty much like why you should beat your girlfriend. But like that was like the name of it. But yeah. if you read it, it was it was pretty graphic. But if you didn't know the backstory of why he was doing that and everything, then you would think that he was just this woman beater and all that stuff. And then um, Cassie J, uh, the creator of the Red Pill documentary, interviews him, and he seems like the nicest guy, perfectly well mannered. And he's just like, oh no, that was in response to this and blah yeah. blah. And, but he's he's and that's when he blew up, you know, in the negative uh, spotlight. Yeah, he's probably a little, you know. The minute you say something like that, even if it's a joke, and I think he was trying to be, he was being satirical a little bit with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and then he was also trying to get the attention too, because you have to play to that extreme yeah. nowadays to get the attention. He said something. I remember saying something about that where he's like, "Yeah, I, I did that sort of the grab, the grabbing shock value," and and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. it makes sense because that's what you have to do. Like everything is viral and everything is shocking and everything, you know." Uh, is is just here to you know click baity and stuff like that just to get your attention. But anyway, enough with that shit. We have whiskey to drink. All right, so now, real quick, cloying, it means disgust or sicken with an excess of sweetness, richness, or sentiment. So when I talked about how it tastes, we're gonna see if that matches up. All right, is it so too sweet? We'll see. So here's the toast. The toast is, here's to whiskey, scotch, and rye, amber smooth and clear. It's not as sweet as a woman's lips. But damn, damn sight more sincere. Cheers. I guess that's how I think that's apt, considering how seductive the description of the scotch is. Mm. That is mighty cloyy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, hold on, I need another taste. <laughs> this one's kind of got some grit to it, doesn't it? It does, but it has um kind of like an additional bite, not as smooth as some Highlands we've had. Yeah, it is definitely not as smooth. I, as I could see this as being one that we would uh, add some water to it to make it a little bit more mellow. That's exactly what I was about yeah. to do too. After I took a sip of my water, I was you like, see, you see, look, we've done this a lot. Um, but uh, so on the tongue, it is complex. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it's not as smooth as I would want it to be. But you can definitely taste all the all the all of the different facets. The water does help. The water does help. It kind of opens it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't really smell it. I can't really do the on the nose thing right now because sinuses you, here are crazy. Typhoid Mary. And I shit. am. <laughs> I mean the smell. Like you do smell that bit that like very hint of vanilla. Uh, <laughs> I just got wet. Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is a. I, I don't know. It's the, to me, the finish is a thing. Like I'm trying to. I'm trying to chase that. Like what? What is? I'm trying to nail that down. I think it's almost like a gritty kind of finish, right? Almost. Yeah. Like not like. Like like, overly nutty, maybe. I can see that. Me, yeah? See that, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's. I mean, he had a kind of a look of confusion on his face for a second, but yeah, that's that's kind of how that was, kind of. 
It is a unique malt. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, so for it being a Highland, and we've had a few Highlands on on uh, on the podcast, it it definitely does have a different um, different taste and aftertaste to it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. It's not quite as smooth, um, but uh, I mean, you can you can tell. So you can tell it's almost not as refined as some of the other ones, and I think that's kind of where we're getting at. Like with it being, um, we joked around earlier about it being like the uh, um, the craft whiskey sensation, yeah. like it's the uh, the homebrew esque uh, feel of it. Which I mean, we have you know a small uh, operation, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I want to say I like it, <laughs> but I probably, but it's not going to be my like my go to whiskey. No, this is this is this probably would not be a go to or you know on a prime, but it'll be. I mean, like if someone offered me some, I definitely wouldn't turn it down. Sort right. Of thing. I mean, it's still good. It doesn't really have a peaty taste. It has more of an alcohol nutty taste yeah. to it with a little bit of vanilla. Um, this is not one. This is a unique one. This is one I would be like, all right, you, you want to try a different Highland type of scotch? Yeah, it kind of breaks the mold, right? Yeah, and yeah. I would offer this as a different one, but like, it's not one I'm being like, oh, yeah, let me let me uh, turn you on to this one. Yeah, it's definitely not like the pinnacle of the the area. Yeah. Right, yeah. Definitely not. So I would agree with that. Now, uh, going back uh, to what we were talking about uh, last time. Uh, oh, what, on, look at that transition. I like, know, right? You're like, yeah, so uh, going back now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is the whiskey. You're going to hear a lot about it, uh, yeah. you know, throughout the, the episode, I'm sure. Um, you're going to hear us drinking a lot whenever the uh, the metal cubes start hitting the glass. The you hear a little clank. Yeah. Um, that's uh, That may be our signature thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, so going back on the last episode, this is kind of like a part two of that. Um, so it's kind of the entire ideology of self-protection is kind of what we're gearing this discussion towards. So last episode, we had um, why you should train your kids and why you should start young, um, not only learning a martial art, but learning to stand up for yourself, I think, was kind yes. of the overall, you know, um, be... Um, self reliant, be assertive, be assertive. You know, know your, you know, know your your value and 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 defend yeah. that and your agency, right? Yep, have your agency and and the idea. So you know that stemmed from, you know, Australia wanting to ban combat sports for kids, and that's that's usually that's a perfect foundation to to develop those things we were talking about, um, because kids, one, like I said, they're they're, they're resilient. Excuse me, and uh, they building that foundation, you know, letting them learning them learning to take a punch or throw, get slammed around, tossed about and knowing that they could, they could get back up and knowing that they're not made out of glass um is going to be really beneficial to them. And two, you know, it it transitions over, you know, so as you're going up to to self-defense, like I was, you know, I think I said this last podcast too, um in high school, no one picked on the wrestlers. Well, no, because they were used to being in a conflict they were used to yeah. the bodily contact they were used to applying pressure they were used to that mentality yeah, and even, i mean you have that a lot with like even football players because they're used to hitting people yeah but even the football players didn't pick on the wrestlers oh no no they'd, yeah. get, they'd get tied up they'd, they'd be in little knots <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that's what we talked about last time and now so last uh episode we talked about the children and i think now we're going to talk about kind of the, the adults. adults 
And uh, we don't want to specify men at all because it's, you know, everyone should have the right to self-protection and everyone should have the, the tools needed for self-protection. Excuse me, but um, if we just teach men not to be just men and yeah. then we wouldn't have to worry about self-protection. But then I would have to worry about women because women are the number one oh my domestic God. statistic of, or number one statistic of uh Domestic abuse. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I that's an interesting you, t- statistic, right? I can't believe you used that against me. I did. Scream. I did. Facts. Hashtag facts. <laughs> I. That, I'm that's just imagining like the little thug life happening with the <laughs> with the little <laughs> joint coming into my mouth, and you have like the the oh, sunglasses. The sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think that meme. Thank is, you, Shapiro. Is, is played out now. Oh, it is absolutely. Uh, and I think that's good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, so what are your thoughts of, um, you know, self-protection? Because obviously you have a, a, a plethora uh, of a plethora. A plethora of I, I like that word of um, martial arts experience. And and, and, uh, um, and you've been in lots of situations I'm, in general. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, well, you so know, lots of different conflicts outside of the home, outside mm-hmm. of the army. Yep. You know, out in the streets and, and that's really kind of where now just to be where I don't go out running the streets, people. I just I do go out a lot, but I'm not like out I'm not out there in them streets, you know what I'm saying? No. Uh, <laughs> and and to be honest, a lot of those were actually occupational. So Well yeah. I've worked as a I've worked as a, a doorman, I've worked as, you know, staff and stuff like that and, and your odd clubs and bars once in you know, yeah, time yeah. so yeah, there's been many uh, opportunities but the and, reason, those, and those guys, the bouncers and the doormen, like they get paid to literally get into conflicts. Well, you know, you're you sc- get paid to try to you you get paid to keep the peace. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, like if there was a conflict happening or a drunken guy or whatever, with, yeah, you're being you, paid you, to deal you, with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a conflict right there. You know, hey man, I need you to leave. No, nah, man, fuck you. I do what I want. And it's like, oh, gotta grab him. Then you grab him right there. Physical altercation. And you gotta drag his ass out and throw him, man. You know, yeah. the very stereotypical camera looking up as uh, as the guy flies from the door <laughs> into the street. And I don't know, because there, there's sometimes there that, like, you know, always the, the whole Dutch courage and stuff like that. Like, I, you know, as been mentioned many times, I'm not a small dude, but it would amaze me sometimes, like, how a, a guy who literally I'm looking down at would, you know, think he'd had the the ability or, you know, the strength to, like, pick a fight. And I'm like, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you. So, yo, that's liquid courage, man. Yeah. So and you are, you are courage mountain. <laughs> if I, if I can fucking beat this guy up, I'll be fucking king of the club. Yeah. That's why, <laughs> actually, that's why I, I started developing the same thing, ch- uh, choking is caring, because I would, one of my things I would do quite a bit was I would actually choke out the guys or choke them out, choke them enough so that they would be more docile, you know, more yeah. compliant mm-hmm. and then escort them out. But that, you know, and in that way. Um, once they were choked out, they didn't, you know, saying it wasn't, I didn't beat, beat them to a pulp. I didn't do anything like that. I didn't cause any long lasting things. You know, I choked them until they're okay. And then we walk them out, Mm -hmm. you know, we wake them up and then we send them on his way. Yeah. He had a nice little nap. Yeah. Woke up, woke woke rested. Woke up refreshed. (laughs) But, um, Uh. so the reason I think, uh, self protection is important is because like I said, even though right now, statistically speaking, uh, crime is the lowest it's ever been. Um, ever, it's still uh, it's still happening. It still occurs. So it's best that you know you be prepared for that. You know, usually um, 
bad things happen tend to happen to you when you least expect it. And oh, absolutely. So part of it is trying to be as prepared as possible. You're not going to be prepared for every situation and everything that's going to go wrong. But if you have something, you know, you have a plan, at least, you know, some kind of plan to deal with uh, an incident, uh, you, you're going to be way better off than someone who's, you know, experiencing this for the first time and don't, you know, don't know what to do. That's where you get that deer in the headlights sort of thing. And, uh, and that's where you get like the flailing arms too. You know, someone who doesn't know how to handle themselves and they're yeah. just throwing wild punches and they could potentially injure themselves or someone else around. Yeah. Um, cause they don't lack, th- or sorry, they, they don't have, and they, and they do lack the, um, the mental, um, uh, aware, uh, sur- um, awareness, yeah. uh, you know, for your surroundings. So, you know, you get on the ground and you start wrestling around. Next thing you know, you're in the middle of the street. You, you're, you could potentially be hit by a car yeah. and you, in, you started this on the sidewalk, you know, so, you know, you didn't have the, the, um, the situational awareness to kind of stay in a safe area or even, you know, your situational awareness to say, Hey, is this a one-on-one fight or does this guy have multiple friends around? Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, that's, that's, that's bad. That's and bad you brought up, anyway. you brought up situational awareness, which to me is like the key part of self-defense or self-protection in any, any situation. Because if you don't, if you're not cognizant of what's happening around you, um, that's how things really, really bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think today, you know, one of the things I, I, I harp on the, uh, a lot is that you see people who are constantly distracted. They're not paying attention, you know, go out like we were, we were out last night downtown. And it was like I was watching how many people were just sitting on their phones, just yeah. staring at their phones and a crowd of people. I will. That's like the last part time, you know, unless I'm about to make a call or I'm looking up something real quick or, you know, or something like that. Or even if I'm using it for navigation, I don't sit there and stare at my phone and a crowd of people. You just look at it and look up. I look at it and I'm constantly looking at people. I'm Mm -hmm. constantly looking at people. And and one of the reasons we bring that up is uh, about being vigilant is because yesterday we had a uh, we had an attack. Uh, Something happened. Yeah. Up in uh, Munster. Right. Yeah. Someone drove a van into you know into a restaurant and killed two people and then he killed himself and not saying that you know there's there's no you know no real big ninja trick to deal with that but if you see if you're being vigilant you see a vehicle coming towards you that shouldn't be coming towards you mm-hmm. you know the quicker you identify that <laughs> yeah i mean that split second could be yeah. life or death you know exactly so situational awareness is always big when it comes to self-protection and and two it um the reason you should everyone should be more cognizant of this and 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 develop it uh is because it helps i i honestly believe it helps you lead a better life when you know you know that's one of the reasons why i'm more adventurous why i'm very outgoing and i'll go to new places all the time Mm -hmm. and always try something is because i'm very confident and uh, handling situations, so I'm not I'm not afraid. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, I'm not afraid of the uh, of these things. Like now, I don't want things to happen, and and I do understand there can be situations where you know you're just screwed. Um, but if you don't have that confidence you have from being able to you know the knowledge and 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 and, and to look after yourself, you tend not to be you, you won't you won't go out. You won't be as outgoing. Yeah, and how do you get that confidence? Yeah, you train by doing you do it by you doing train. you know um, and and if you're starting at 18 then you are way behind the curve 
No, I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, it, you wouldn't uh, say that. I mean, so for us, I mean, we were out. We were out of the house, you know, on um, under our out from under our parents' wing, you know. Oh yeah. Way early, so you know, at eighteen, if you don't have a uh, some kind of uh, uh, well, I I urge often, you out or anything. I often say, you know, it's never too late. Um, it's never too late to start because it's never too late to choke someone. <laughs> yeah, because I know there's a lot of people who start coming into things later in life and they you know yeah they don't they don't have the benefit of starting younger like some others but if they as long as you're out there and you're putting in work you know you're going to reap some benefits from it right well well i mean it's it's also different if you have the option versus not having the option you know and i think with going back to the australian um ama trying to ban all combat sports i think that's essentially going to be phasing out they're trying to phase out a lot of those combat of sports and essentially make everyone pussies. Well, yeah, I think that's I think that's where that's kind of leading towards, and I hate it. Yeah, and it, you know, but it, even in the U.S., um, you have because one of the things I did see is like uh, I, I used to always tell you know when parents used to ask me like, well, what should I do with my kid? You know, uh, they're worried about you know their kid growing up and you know uh, looking taking care of themselves or whatever. I was like, you know what you can do that's generally it's generally free. And will have a huge benefits. Put your kid in your high school wrestling team or middle school wrestling team. Yeah, that, that will pay off dividends because mm-hmm. it's free. Technically, I mean, you're gonna have to buy. You'll you'll get the school will get the singles, but you don't have to buy uh, shoes and yeah, like know, the personal equipment. Yeah, personal thing, equipment. Or? But you generally, you know, you're gonna get your kid is gonna get trained for free and wrestling. Right, like if anyone comes with a wrestling base, that that person is gonna be a pretty uh, tough individual. Yeah. You know, I so. agree. I agree, and that—that that, I mean—that's something that I wish I would have got into when I was in um, when I was in school. I really just kind of did like cross country and track. Those were like my, and I did a little bit of basketball. Well, but that, that was it. I, I did that really. too. I did that too. But I wrestled as well, even though my dad wanted me to play football. Um, I wrestled because I'm glad I liked wrestling. Um, and two, I realized you know, I didn't honestly. I didn't realize how much. I realize it now, but like at the time, I just thought it was something, you know, it was, it was, it was making me tough. You know, it was a fun activity, activity to me. I like wrestling. Um, but like I, I started to be more cognizant of the, the benefits I was getting at it because, like I said, no one in high school, you didn't pick on the wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a, that was like, a, and, and the wrestlers all had this like, you know, look. Like all the wrestlers wore jeans and oversized shirts. Like t-shirts, like that was like the wrestling and they were, uniform. And they were probably ripped the shit under. Yeah, because they were cutting weight. <laughs> yeah, because they usually cutting weight. But that was like the like you. That was like the standard wrestler. Like you saw a dude in jeans and a you know a shirt that was probably a size or two size too big. Chances are he was a wrestler, and you just didn't mess with him. You know, there was a couple of times. Well, actually, no, I could tell you about one time where uh, a couple of the football guys thought they were tough shit because you know most people are going to be supporting the football teams the booster yeah, teams well that's the, like that. the those are the big the big um uh sports spectacle yeah ones they get the most money the most funding and that's yeah. what you're that's and that's what, what they're right so for, right? a lot of them you know and wrestling teams are generally not that bad but uh the footballers one time uh at, in school were uh they were talking mad shit and you know, they were like, oh, you guys are pussies. All you do, guys, is grab around each other. And stuff you like going to learn today. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of our guys was like, uh, the difference with us is that we we are there to, you know, dominate another dude. 
you guys grab a ball and run around playing grab ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I they got, got mad. I got you. I got yeah. you. So a fight erupted and it did not go the football guy players' ways because you just saw a lot of you saw a lot of slams. Yeah, because they're trained for it. And you didn't, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. Perfect you know, form. Yeah. You, you, you get that, that <laughs> No shoot. pads to help them. <laughs> Getting slammed on, on, on Mother Earth versus a wrestling mat is a completely different situation. And, you know, that was great. So after that, they really didn't talk much because it was like, hey. Established dominance. Yeah. It was like, yeah, the wrestling team is smaller, but they will fuck you up. Yeah, because they're used to combat, and that's what it's, that's what kind of what it really comes down to. But I mean, there's, and not to say that football is bad. Football has, you know, any contact sport to me has great benefits because it teaches you, like I said before, that you're not made of glass. Right. You know, like you'll survive being hit. You'll survive being tackled. Yeah. It just and develops that toughness. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's going to show you that, yeah, like you said, like you will survive. And so. You don't have to avoid everything, you know. Exactly. You don't have to be um, passive. You don't have to placate. You don't have to um, essentially submit to somebody else's demands or wishes. You know, you can stick up for yourself. Yeah, you can advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. and, and that's a big deal. So, and that comes into you know when we talk self protection, it's the same thing. Uh, even when you're in a, when you're in a self defense situation with someone. Um, it, part of it is advocating for yourself. Now, granted, you know, it's going to vary on, on the situation, like right? So you can have the drunk dude in the bar, which is, you know, like the go-to. Okay, there's a drunk dude in the bar. Okay, well, you get to access the situation and advocate for yourself. Is this guy really a threat to you? Um, if not, you can, you yeah. know. You most, could, of the, most of the time, no. He's just kind of minding his own business or walking or, around or doing something yeah. like that. But he's not really... It, um, hurting anybody or out to, to well, get anybody. Let's say he's in your face. Right? Well, yeah. Let, let's progress it. Like let's go stage by stage. Yeah, so, so let's say he's in your face. Uh, but is he really a threat? Right. Uh, if he's super drunk, he's not a threat. He's mm-hmm. he's gonna be easy to deal with. Yeah. Is he just you know that Dutch courage we talked about? Yeah. Um. Is he you know you get to assess the situation and and being able to do that like if you are not trained or you're not used to situations or confrontations stuff like uh, of that you know. Uh, physical contact and combat, you might overreact. Some people yeah, overreact. Some yeah. people overreact because they don't know how to handle it. So then it becomes the situation gets far worse than it needs. Or they might, you know, I talked about it before. They might freeze. Uh, but people who are tend to used to that, you know, they're able to make assessments and say, okay, you know what, guy's not really a threat. Much better to just you know try to de-escalate this or disengage from the situation. Right. Right. Um, but and I mean that that's usually always the first the the first and best way to go oh, yeah. is just to avoid the situation completely as much as possible. Yeah. And, and it's funny because when you talk about self protection or, or martial arts and stuff like that, a lot of people they initially think, oh man, you're a badass, like you would do it. It's like no, no, it's not. It's it's about taking care of a situation that you know you can handle if it comes to that. Yeah. And if it's a situation that doesn't need to come to that, you can get out of there scot-free. You're not risking any kind of injury. You're not risking any kind of legal action. You're not risking any kind of hurting somebody with undue, any stress or anything like that. You know, because even if the guy is drunk and he comes in at you wrong or he's yelling at you and wants to fight and stuff, it it may just be liquid courage. You know, he may just be venting and dealing with some personal shit that he's trying to deal with. And you're just like, man, okay, I'm not going to be your little scapegoat. I'm not going to be your little venting tool. I'm just going to go. 
you know, and you get out of there, and then that's all. That's it. Yeah, and it's done. And, you, you know, you go home, he goes home, you, you go another night, you know, you live to see another day and, you know, reflect on the, do, the you know, your past. Yeah, because a lot of times it's not even personal. It's just yeah. an, a target of opportunity kind of yeah. thing. But see, so, you know, we, as we go through that, Again, you and you know, you know, you did say that like a lot of people think, oh yeah, you're a badass. So, like, look, I tell people like, like, I avoid more fights than anything. Like, I am, I am, I try to disregard, you know, I try to de-escalate any situation that we're in. I'm and I've I've used self-deprecating humor or something that's like, yeah, dude, don't mess with me. I'm I'm a fucking pussy, dude. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> In yeah. reality, I will break you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, truly enough, yeah, I like, no, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I could take that approach. I could be like, yeah, man, I, I'm about to fuck your shit up. But then I was like, well. But then that doesn't de-escalate it. That right? doesn't de-escalate you it. Know, and then two, you're, you're starting. Like big shit. Right, you're, 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 you're putting yourself at risk. Now you have to weigh, is that risk worth it or not? Yeah. It, it, is he armed? Is he not armed? Yeah. Does he have a knife? Does he have a bottle? Does he have any kind of weapon that could hurt me severely? I mean, yeah. well, because you could be, you could be a black belt and 90 different. You, you could be a literal ninja and still get caught with, with a bottle. You, I mean, my ninja yeah, just the amount of... My ninja reflexes would catch the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just reminded me of uh, Jack's of the story. Yes. Yeah. My reflexes. I, I just went over his head. I have great reflexes. Yeah, I would catch I it. I would catch it. <laughs> uh, no, but you're, you're right. And it's like saying, you know, you anyone could get caught. At any time now, granted, training training uh, decreases those situations, but they they it never makes them nil. And you know you don't you don't want to be the physical part is the absolute last part you want to do, but you also want to be assured if it comes to that physical mm-hmm. confrontation that you're able to deal with it, you know, be able to deal with it and uh and and survive it. Yeah. So we talked about. Situational awareness mm-hmm. that is paramount. That is the number one that number can get one. you in and out of the situation. Uh, it keeps you assessed of anything that's happening around you. Now let's let's move on to the next, like well, the next step of that. So, so the so next, let's say, the uh, next step into that would be um, situation. Well, so if we want to put assessing in there, you assess once you got your situation awareness, you see what's going on, you start assessing. So. That's when I start talking about like, is there actual threats? Right. Um, what is the actual threats, and can how do you mitigate them? Like, so um, after your situational awareness, we're going to go to the assessing. Assessing is, you know, what are the threats? What are my risks? What are the actual dangers? Once you assess those, then we're going to start moving into our tools. What are what are my tools at hand? So we mentioned, you know, like for instance, if it's going to be. Uh, a hand-to-hand fight, you know, okay, here are my tools, so I'm going to rely on my jiu-jitsu, my boxing, judo, um, you know, Krav Maga, whatever, you know, for my empty-handed skills. Um, if it's a really serious situation, which I know this is the part that you really want to get into. I do. I, I start do. using lizing a, uh, what some people will say, use the term force multiplier. So I will use a weapon. Okay, so <clears throat> the weapon that we, you know, and the weapon can be different. It could be a knife. It could be pepper spray. Or it can be a, a handgun. So, or really any kind of gun, really. Any gun. But guns, so I know guns are a hot situation right now. And just to be completely honest, I am very pro gun. Yeah. Pro gun. Me as well, yeah. also. So, and guns to me are very, 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 very good for self defense. But. 
it requires a lot of training. Just like I believe the same training, you need to put the same training into your marksmanship and handling, you know, uh, carrying a gun and everything and employing and, you know, so on as you would, you know, training on the mat, training jujitsu, training judo, training boxing, Muay Thai. It requires that same level to me, that same level of de- dedication because uh, a gun is utilizing a gun is more than just, you know, I pull it out point and I squeeze the trigger. It's an entire lifestyle concept. It is. It's 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 a tire art. It's a, an entire art unto itself, mm-hmm. and it, it it requires a lot of. It does require a lot of training. Um, like I say, the the more training goes, you should have more training uh, in your marksmanship before you pull you before you draw. Explain that. All right. So, like I said, right. We talk about situation awareness. All right. Boom. Here's the situationing. I am assessing the threat. All right, I noticed their threats. All right, now how do I deal with it? Okay, assess my tools. Oh, I have a firearm. All right, is that the right tool for that situation? Okay. All right. So, so you need like, um, like not just training in regards to going to the range and shooting. You mean training as in um, understanding the situation, understanding, yes. okay. being able to recognize the situations right. and and adequately. Um, and provide adequate um, response to it, solutions right. to it. You don't want to go like I don't want to. I don't preach guns, even though you know I do preach guns. I do actually do preach guns. Guns, <laughs> but they are the best, the bestest of the bestest. <laughs> no, but I don't preach guns. Like okay, well you're in a situation and you know here's, you go for your draw. All right, you go for your draw. Center mass start shooting till the threat's over. I'm like, eh, that's not every situation. No, that that's a very quick escalation. Yeah, it's a very quick escalation because um, why not? Guns are always deadly force, always. That's why I always hate when people go, oh, just shoot them in the legs. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you idiot. There's literally no place in the body where you can Let be me shot. See. Let me try hitting a moving target yeah. with minimum <laughs> With a small piece <laughs> yeah. of, a small yeah. piece, you know, a small piece of metal. Yeah, but not only that, but under a high stress situation, Yeah, you know, like I've had no practice of doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not realistic. It's, it is it's not even in the movies. It's just like yeah. well, that's so the that's the problem with guns too. With a lot of people, and when we discuss these things, is because they are they're more informed by movies than reality. You know, uh, I love John Wick. I think it's a great movie. I think it's that a great an series. Amazing movie. However, John Wick is not reality. You know. And so when we talk about John, you know, guns, like yeah, not everyone is gonna do headshots like John Wick. They're not that. They're not that. Uh, they're not that smooth. Yeah. 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 So. Well, I mean, it, that also comes down to, um, like we said, training. But then, the vast majority of people, like let's say the NRA, like how many NRA members are there? There's like what over half a million? Yeah. Oh, no, there's I mean, many there's, more than that. There's, there's, there's over a million. Over a million. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about over a million people who have registered firearms, not just registered firearms, but are a part of the NRA. Um, now, lately, the NRA has been um, proven as being, or not proven, I'm sorry, has been demonized in the media as being, you know, all this blood from the school shootings and everything yeah, is on your hands. It's like, that's bullshit. not even accurate. Like, you're talking about completely different topics. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just because the NRA... Um, advocates for the Second Amendment. They are being demonized, and it's it's complete inaccuracy in that regard. Complete inaccuracy. Well, here's the thing. I I you know, and so if we go into a little history, and one of my my issues with uh, 
uh, these gun talks, gun, you know, gun bait. And when we talk about gun control is that gun control, especially in the United States, uh, has very racist roots. All right. So yeah. when after the Civil War um, and this is, you know, I'm giving you broad. This is broad brush. So when someone's like, oh, you didn't forget to mention this. I get it. I'm not going into all that. But after the Civil War, they uh, instituted these things called black codes. All right. And one of the black codes was being was that black people could not own firearms because they were fear that they would retaliate against their their former white slave masters and stuff like that which at the time you can see as being understandable well i'm not i'm not condoning it but it's i mean i can understand the mindset of that you don't want to arm the people that you just enslaved right and you just freed from enslavement yeah they might be a little bit pissed off right but it showed that you know that that's that right was not being afforded to them so um groups started to fight and one of the groups that actually started to fight to allow people of color to own arms is the dun, NRA. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and a lot of people forget that his part of history. The reason the Black Panthers are known for what they did for what they did is partly because of the NRA. And yep. I I I urge everyone to go back and look this up, you know, themselves. The NRA actually uh, made it possible for black people um, especially during the civil rights, civil uh, rights era, to own guns, and they there was blocks. There was gun control came up then, and it was for you know they were trying to block black you know black people, people of color, to own weapons. They're like, okay, well, um, black, we want to arm ourselves because we're we're scared of racist cops, right? No, no, oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, you no, can't own fine. arms. Oh, well, you know what? That's unconstitutional. You can't deny me my constitutional right. That's what an argument the NRA made yep. on behalf of black people. Absolutely. Um, then it was, okay, well, you can own the guns, but you can't buy the ammunition. Yeah, well, that's pointless. Give me a brick. <laughs> yeah. Well, the NRA made it possible for black people to get ammunition. Absolutely. They actually set up uh, um, you know, stores specifically for black people to get ammunition for their guns. Now, a lot of people go, well... The NRA backed the bill that disarmed the Black Panthers. I was like, yes, they did. Um, actually, to be more accurate on that, one member, the California representative of the NRA, did back a bill that disarmed the Black Panthers, or dis- what made it illegal to open carry in California. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, he was lied to. Yeah. All right. So what happened was, uh, one Black Panther stormed a government building and they're basically like we're not leaving until you know we get x and after it was over uh the politician in question came and he went you know he tried to introduce a bill because he said they had me at gunpoint they held me at gunpoint they were their guns were in my face and stuff like that and he made it seem like that was it, you know they there was a menacing like it was know, a hostage situation yeah like a hostage situation where there's pictures of it you know now that we see them there's pictures like they the black people they were just standing there you know at the ready you know what I'm saying like a uh, uh, not ready at port arms mm-hmm. you know just like we are not moving and mm-hmm. we're armed so you know and and that's one thing the armed populace but anyway sorry you, you, let me fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get on that part. So <laughs> that so they back. He, he that politician proposed this bill, and the bill the bill passed. And you know he part of it he used that. Uh, oh, you know the NRA supports me. Well, the NRA also came back later and said, no, we don't actually support that. And there was one representative that did it, who you know gave him a quote. 
mm-hmm. or gave him a sound bite that it was used, and you know, and so everyone's like, "Ooh, black the NRA has never has not been for black people." I'm like, "No, that's mm-hmm. not true," and even to this day, and I, I give my own personal reflection now. To be honest, I am not a part of the NRA, not because I don't hate them or anything. I just honestly never applied, but yeah. I've gone to them for certain things. So uh, a couple of years back, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know have a, uh, an FFL. Uh, FFL is a, a federal firearms license. So basically, so basically you get, um, you're with that license, you're able to receive, like I could mail guns, I could receive guns in the mail. Um, I could buy, um, I could get my class three stamp to allow you to buy, you know, f- true assault weapons. So like fire actual weapons. automatic weapons, yeah, fully automatic yeah. weapons. Um, and things like that. It made it easier to buy uh, suppressors. But again, but again, but you know, because people think that the the automatic weapons and all that is like it's very highly regulated. Yeah. Now an FFL, a uh, fi- federal firearms license, yeah. it it comes in different degrees: class one, two, three, and there's um, actual gun stores yeah. that do not have a class three. Yeah. I mean, so for a personal or sorry for a for an individual to have a class 3 license for an automa- for a true automatic weapon is almost unheard of no, well uh, you i can, mean there, there you are can't people, get it but it, it but takes very, a lot and it's, and it's very it's highly ex- regulated but yeah so part of that ex- part of that having that class 3 is you actually open yourself up to a lot of government scrutiny so right. granted i didn't get because unfortunately shortly after i received it um i re- i found out i was moving back overseas so it didn't. You have to keep it up every year. So it was like, all right, well, it's not really worth trying to uh, maintain this when I won't be able to use it. So, but you open yourself up to scrutiny. So, like for instance, uh, any weapon I buy, especially if they were fully select fire, fully automatic weapons and stuff like that, the government has. I have to keep records on that weapon, right? And mm-hmm. the government at any time can knock on my door and be like, "We want inspection. A, we want to check your weapons," and I will have to allow them to do that right and you know a lot of people don't know that now with semi-automatics you don't have that you don't have that uh, no and, and you shouldn't you shouldn't i yeah. mean uh because a lot of people don't understand the term semi-automatic yeah. and that that's actually like a no no I, I i believe that if you're especially if you're going to create legislation or if you're going to advocate for something you need to kind of at least understand the basics of it yeah so the basics of a firing mechanism right so you ha- or the firing um uh, help help me out, LT. Saying, like, firing it's, uh, t- types the firing or, types. Yeah. So you have automatic, one trigger pull, multiple or unlimited, not unlimited, but consistent and constant well, it, uh, firing. The actual, you have burst. Well, no. So sorry. W- so when we say select fire, all right, it means that your weapon could fire in different modes, right? So mm-hmm. when we say automatic, I could I can when I one trigger squeeze, multiple rounds come. Well, not just multiple rounds, but until you let go. You yes, uh, and then you have burst. That's fully well. That's yeah. what we call fully automatic, yeah. right? So when you say burst, right? Burst fire, what, things that could fire in burst. Generally, they fire three, but they're mm-hmm. they're firing multiple rounds off of one trigger squeeze, right? So that is that firing sequence is automatic, but it's not fully automatic. Okay, I understand that. Okay, okay. So and uh, then you have semi-automatic, right? Which is one, one round, round, one trigger one, pull, one trigger, and pull. that is ninety percent of everything out there. Yeah, a that's the AR-15s. Yeah, that's the Winchester rifles. Not even that. I mean, because those are usually uh, 
It does have they're like, bolt, like they're bolt, bolt action, action or you know uh, what's yeah. it called sling action? Yeah, Ro- uh, lever, lever, Le- action. lever action. Yeah. Um, I mean, even revolvers and you know clocks, Berettas, all that, like all the handguns, all semi yeah. So I just want to point this out. I want to just make this one statement because I hear this all that all the time, and it's, it drives me crazy. The AR-15 is not a military grade weapon. I will say this again: the AR-15 is not a military grade weapon. A AR-15 is not a military grade weapon. Well, let's talk about that real quick. So you have the AR-15. What does it shoot? What what round is the it capable AR-t- of shooting? The AR-15 fires a .223 round. And how big is that? Uh, Roughly, like is it is it? Because from what I've heard, it's a essentially a glorified varmint round. It's it's essentially very small. It's a very small round. Well, so mean, it's because there's there's actual handguns that are larger than this bullet. Oh yeah, yes. There's yeah. several handguns. So so you so if you want to go based off size, there are many handguns that are more effective at killing than, than an AR-15. Yes. So the .223 round is comparable to the NATO 5.56 round, but they are not the same round. So an M16 or M4 which is a military-grade weapon, um, fires a 5.56. A M16 or M4 can fire a 2.23. An AR-15 is not... Hi- it's very highly recommended that you don't try to fire a 5.56 in yeah. an AR-15. It'll break it. It'll blow it, back in your face. It could potentially blow your bar- barrel up in your face. Yeah, and that you know. cause um, uh, it can injury, blindness, disfigurations. So when people, when I hear this argument, when they're like, oh, I was like, look, people, I've never, never carried an AR-15 ever in the Army. Never, yeah. Never. Yeah. Never, ever, well, ever, ever. Well, uh, again, it's like a glorified varmint round. And yes, it's a long rifle because yes. it has a longer barrel and you can hold a, um, a larger clip. And it's a, technically a larger um, bullet and cartridge. Like, yes. You know, but um, it's it's completely being demonized nowadays and, and it's based off complete because misinformation. It, it looks like. In a you know the weapon, the weapons you see in movies and, and video people, games yeah, and, and video all that. Games, yeah. So they're like, <gasps> you know, and I, I got this one. I just had to like, I, I really, I don't condone violence when people are stupid, but sometimes it's, you know, you it's you, needed. It's, <laughs> but the person goes, oh really? <laughs> well, AR stands for assault rifle. Oh my god, I've gotten a discussion before. <laughs> I was like, no, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> I was like, we can, we can, I can prove this to you real quickly. No, I don't want to. I, literally, the person said, I don't want to hear what you have to say because whatever you say, even if I'm wrong, you're not changing my mind. I was like, you are dumb. Yeah, you well, are. Well, stupid. that is that that is uh, that is insanity at that point. You know, not being able to change your mind based off of new information. Yeah, expecting the same um, outcome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, and that's why it's, you, that's why you can't have a you know when this debate comes, I you know I constantly say if you're gonna have this debate, you should at least know what you're talking about. Mm. Well, I think that part of that debate is from, or not part of the debate, but part of that mindset of not not wanting to change is based off fear, and that not that somebody else would be right, but fear that they could be wrong, and that if they're wrong, then they'll have to change their mindset, and if that to changes their mindset and their political beliefs on that I- issue. They could be ostracized by their political party, or by their their by source, their by their peers. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people like that. I know there's a lot of people like that. Like they just, they just want to believe what their peers believe and their yeah. their mainstream because you know 
if they don't believe that, then they don't know what they'll do because they are defined by their social structure. Yeah. Or with their political beliefs. And, and it's, so. it's, it's completely, it, it baffles me, you know, how people don't kind of practice individuality and uh, critical thinking. But then again, that's kind of like the media yeah. shoving misinformation down your throat at every willingly at, you know, at every people, turn. Yeah. People willingly gulp it up or it's being shared, especially I, I I tend to blame social media and as you know Oh like, hugely, yeah. I, I constantly are correcting things on social media that's shared by a lot of people and it's like you know that's like demonstrably that's not wrong. I mean that's that's wrong. Like you can I can show you where this is wrong. And people will still share it, you know, all the time. And when it yeah. comes to like the gun debate, like so again, like because we, it's popular yeah. and it gets them points, it gets them likes. But like I said, at you know, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, w- crime is at its lowest it's ever been in in recorded history. Right. It's I mean, at its lowest. Yeah, violent crime is is it's constantly its, going down. Yeah. Yeah. So when people, you know, the idea that that there's this mass hysteria because there's like you know. Um, there's gonna be, you know, everyone's like, oh, there's gonna be a shooting, or there's gonna be a mass shooting. And like one, mass shootings don't they're they're actually pretty rare. They are, especially and if you go after real statistic and yeah. not what they call um so uh the standard of being a mass shooting used to be what, five and five up? Five people. It used to be five and up. And then it'd be four. And no, no, and then the I think the standard was always five and up, and then the news started calling yeah. Four and up. Yes. And three and up and mass and up. shootings. Sure. Yeah. But um the actual standard was five. They were just calling it mass shooting because multiple people were, were involved. But yeah. um but it it's still inaccurate, you know, and yeah. and that's just do a little bit of homework, man. And you know, I always tell people you have to put this in perspective. Now granted, yes, it's always tragic when someone's life is taken when it, it doesn't need to. Right. Um, we're not sitting here to like this is not to dismiss death or, or the suffering of the loved ones um, and their grievances. But the thing we got to remember is like so in the U.S., right, the U.S. consists of over three hundred and thirty million people. And how many gun owners? Oh, I don't know exactly, but there's millions of gun owners, millions of gun millions owners. of gun owners. And, 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 and to all, all those people, all you know, and being being, and I'm actually probably going to overstate this, but if you're looking at gun deaths or gun homicides a year, you know, you might get fifteen thousand people. Now you're like, oh, well, that's fifteen thousand people. I was like, yeah, but what is that in percentage of the overall population? Right, it's very very small. Now I know people go, well, other countries don't have that. I was like, yeah, they don't have that level of, they not have that level of gun deaths. But their homicide rate is not that much different. Yeah, yeah. The intentional homicide rate is, uh, I mean, yeah. so for America, the and, and also Australia, because we people like to compare the two situations. Um, the uh, they both line up with the average intentional homicide rate. Yeah, they're the same. Consistently, they're, they're, and, and actually, same, for but they're yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the population difference is just yeah hugely different. Um, but then you also have the um, the Sorry, the delimiting factor of that, or the, the the hinge in the argument is, well, Australia had a had a buyback, so they don't have hardly any gun deaths. It's like, well, you're you're kind of right, but but you're st- still people are still killing each other. Like yeah. guns are not like they just found other ways of doing it, but whether it's with cars, it whether it's with knives, whether it's with bricks or hammers or whatever. Well, and you know, and that was funny too because uh, we also saw this week at. Um, 
London's murder rate is actually actually exceeded New York's. Yeah. And London has very, very, very strict gun control. And the people, you know, the, the danger there, the thing that they want to ban there is knives. Um, so, and a lot of people die from stabbings and, you know, uh, I think because of movies too, a lot of people don't realize how dangerous a knife actually is as a weapon. Oh yeah. You get stabbed. Yeah. yeah you'll, you'll just shake it off, go, man. I, oh. <laughs> I always hear people say this, this stupid line all the time. Oh, you know, you don't see anyone killing each other that, you know, you don't see these mass, you know, killings with, with knives. I'm like, um, in China, one man killed 33 people and injured over a hundred with, with a knife. knife. Yeah. With a knife, and they're like, you know, I was like, you, you don't understand how dangerous a knife is, you know, because in movies, yeah, make you think you could survive. Movies make people think that unless they're stabbed in the head or in the throat, get their throat cut or something, or stabbed mm-hmm. in the heart, that they're going to survive. I was like, no, if I stab you in the gut, you'll more likely or not, you're going to die. Well, I mean, let's just look at the process of that, right? So. You get stabbed in the gut, and that punctures um, all your different skin layers, your muscle layers, your fat layers. It, it, then it enters your internal your organ. internal organs, where it releases bacteria that then enter your bloodstream and cause an infection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you may survive one 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 quick jab. No, but you well, well, you, t- you may may I didn't say you will you may, but then. No one really ever stabs anyone once. It's a no. sewing machine action. Yeah. So you're talking about causing an extensive amount of trauma over a very short amount of time. Yep. And that, like, doctors can't operate on that. And there was a, a video. There's actually two videos I want to talk about real quick But when we talk about knives. So there's one video of a, of a, of a guy. Apparently he was talking trash online to some other guy. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was in Asia and he was in an internet cafe. The internet cafe had 20, 30 people in it, and they're just rows of computers, right? And it's like wide open to like market style because it's hot there or whatever. Security camera footage shows this guy walking in. You don't see him carrying anything at all. He walks right up behind a guy and just slits his throat. Like just slits his throat, just one smooth motion, and the guy just walks away, right? The other guy, the victim, stands up, blood rushing down his white shirt. You just see it filling up and getting dark. And he's just holding his neck, right? And he's just holding his neck. So knives do a huge amount of damage, right? And mm-hmm. it, and they're they're not quick at all, even, even that kind of situation. So violence is violence in general. And well, then the second one mm-hmm. is uh, it was the Good Samaritan. Right, so uh, it was a hotel lobby. It had a, I believe, a man and a woman that were in a confrontation, and then the Good Samaritan was like trying to break it up. Little did he know that the other guy was armed. Oh, I saw this. And one. yeah, yeah and uh, little did he know that the other guy was armed and um, got into a tussle with him, grabbed him. The other guy fought back, and um, the Good Samaritan ended up getting slashed in the in the leg. In the yeah. leg. What, what's that artery the in there? Femur- in, in, femoral artery. Femoral artery, yeah. So he got slashed in there. One good cut. And if you watch the video, you wouldn't even be able to tell. You really wouldn't be able to tell like exactly when it was. But then next thing you know, you just see like a puddle at the guy's feet. And then he just sits down and he's gone. Yeah, like it's so quick. And not to demonize knives because it's not about the tool. It's not about the tool. It's about the people. Yep. The people kill people regardless of what they use. They could use hammers and they could use bricks and they could use cars and they can use everyday objects. It's about the people that 
um, that kill people because, I mean, that, I mean, Australia shows us this, you know, they ban the guns and then they just find other ways to still meet the average. It's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like, you know, when Pete, you know, people like, if if somebody wants to kill you, he'll do it. He'll find a way to do it. He'll find a way. Whether he breaks a bottle and shoves into your head or, They'll find a way. Yeah. But, you know, you, you do find, you can find ways to mitigate that and defend yourself against that, but it's not as easy as people think, you know, because one of the things I got when we talk about the knife to me, like, oh, well, you know, if they had a gun, if they have a knife, they, you know, someone could tell me, they're like, oh, if they had a knife, they got to get close to me. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's, I was like, that's, that's I was actually like, pretty easy. <laughs> well, and I asked him, I said, well, have you ever found anyone with a knife? No, I said, it is not as easy as you think. Most people you even ask that question to, they've never even been in a a real confrontation. They may have, like, scuffles, and maybe they've been in fights before, but they... They haven't been like on any of that level your, of combat. Where their life is on the line. No, no, no. It's always yeah. just the backyard fight or schoolyard fight or whatever. Yeah. So you know, I was like, you know, I was like, well, you know, they use a knife. I said, yeah, they do. A, they, they're going to use a knife. I said, and the, here's the thing: you're, you're not really getting whether it's a knife or a gun. You're still dead. Dead yeah, is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, or if I use my magic wand, <laughs> maybe. You know. <laughs> but so I was like, you know, I'm I'm never going to be for restricting people's. Uh, uh, ability to to fight back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Himself. I mean, you should you should be able to have um, an adequate response to a threat. Yeah, and I mean, whether it's a martial art, whether it's uh, a firearm or or whatnot, or whatever. You know, it, it's all about being safe and responsible with it, and that's where training comes into play. Yeah, training and accountability. But see, so when we talk about guns in this in this thing, you know, they're demonized so much. Um, and I just think, I honestly just, as people are afraid of them, they're afraid of them because, you know, yeah, a gun's job is to kill things. That is its job. Yeah. It does it very well. You know, your car's job is to transport you to different places. It does it very well. Are we going to, you know, do we get upset when there's a car crash? Nope. And no. actually there's more deaths in cars yeah, than there's, there's, with there's more deaths <laughs> in, by drinking and driving, vehicle accidents, uh, texting and driving yeah. than there ever will with guns. By, well, those by are far. illegal, so people can't do those. Well, it doesn't stop <laughs> it from happening. Murder's Matt, illegal. Mur- murder's illegal. That's never stopped people from mm-hmm. doing it. Um, so but, I, but being able to defend myself and those around me and those I love... Um, that is, um, that's yeah. very important to me. But I, I actually, you know, so we're getting on this debate, and it just makes it so, ah, it's so frustrating because you, you notice, like in the media, there's different responses to things. Yeah, right, right. So, so let's we, talk about those because yeah. we, there's actually a very recent, yeah, uh, one. I mean, we had the Parkland shooting, right, in which we still hear about. We're still hearing about it. We're still hearing the students talk, the parents talk, and the media talk, and still getting that kind of, you know, uh, oh, what did, uh, what, what's that? What's the kid's name? Uh, he's like the big spokesman for uh, now. It's, David uh, Hogg. Yeah, David Hogg. Yeah, he said uh, previous generations don't know what it's like to be shot at by an AR-15. And then uh, I saw it on my uh, my my Facebook feed, and then you saw like the the, the response yeah. to it, and it was like World War Two vets, like <laughs> Normandy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah, tell us about it, sunshine. Like, mm, yeah, you're right. I yeah. think you're right. Like, well, uh, people, go, people don't know about how people were like. Those guys were at war, and I was like, "Yeah, but they were the s- those guys were the same age as David." Yeah, David absolutely. Hogg. So absolutely, yeah. shut your fucking face. Yeah, and but it's it's just one of those things. It's like it absolutely should not happen. But again, and, and we're about should to, not and happen. Absolutely, and, but the, we're talking about an adequate defense, and that's really what this is about. It's not about, um, you know, I should be able to have a gun to to do what I want. No, I should be able to have a gun. I should be able to have a a firearm or a, a method. 
uh, or a, a way to defend myself. Yeah. That, and that's it. And strictly in a defensive, I'm not going out hunting and, and trying, to, trying to track people down. No, I'm trying to just go shopping. And when a guy pulls a knife on me or tries to steal my car or something like that in a parking lot, I, I can defend myself and my belongings. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what it's about. Well, and again, you know, the reason I started carrying, the reason I started carrying is because, um, you know, while I was working in college, uh, when I was working at a, um auto shop, and I was uh, entrusted to do, you know, night deposits at times. So, you know, during, the, you know, at the end of the day, we we didn't keep all the money in the store. So mm-hmm. we would we would keep we had a balance that we kept in the cash register. Everything over that was deposited in, in, in the bank. So we would drop it off, you know, unless on Sundays, uh, Sundays, you usually didn't do it. Um, but we would drop it off. And I remember when I started working, you know, when I when I started doing this job, had this this responsibility, uh, my uh, boss came to me and he was like, hey, uh, he's like, by the way, do you have a pistol? And I was like, no. And he goes, all right. And he goes to his truck. He comes back. and He's like, tonight, take mine. So I was like, holy shit. That's a. Yeah. Uh and it made sense though because I was like, all right, well, I'm literally driving with a pouch with you know with tons of cash in it, with tons of cash. You know, we had a good, and it was a big auto shop. This was a chain auto shop, so you know, potentially thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, I'm a, and you're depositing it at night, at night. Yeah, at, you know, and the bank that we use, you know, wasn't it wasn't like secluded, but it wasn't like highly visible either. Well, well it was at night, and it was at I night. I mean, in general, you know, it's just a very stereotypical yeah. environment that you see something bad happening. Yeah. So I went the first night, and I was like, okay, nothing happened. All right, cool. Went the second night, nothing happened. I went the third night, okay, nothing happened. And then at this time, I went to my uncle. I was like, hey, uncle, you know. So what I'm doing, can I need to get a gun? You know, is it possible to get a gun? My uncle was an old, you know, Vietnam vet. He was, you know, oh, he had guns. He, he had was, the guns. He was special forces back then, and you know, da 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 da. And so it was like, oh yeah, 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 nephew, I got you. So I was like, okay. So I went back night, and this is the thing that that like shocked me. So I'm going up. I had the pistol, and and I remember uh, my boss was like, hey, don't put it in your pants or anything. Put it in the seat where you could grab it quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, I have the, you know, I have the pouch and I have the, and I had a Beretta, uh, on the, on the, uh, on the seat. I'm pulling up to the, the, the deposit box and I see a dude peeking, like, you know, I see the head peek out and like from around the corner of the building or something like that. No. So, you know, this, you know how you have those standing ATMs drive through ATMs, right? He's standing on the other side of that. And, uh, <laughs> so, so he's like standing the, behind a pole. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like bigger. Pretty, pretty much, it though. could conceal him. Like if he didn't yeah. pop out, if he didn't pop his head out, I wouldn't have saw him. Right. So he was standing behind that, and you know, and to the uh, to the left of that is on the building. So this was out, you know, further out on the building was where the deposit, the the night deposit drop off box was. So he, you know, when he sees me pull up, he st- comes up to the truck, and. I'm, you know, I reach over instead of grabbing the bag. I reach over and I grab the pistol and I point it at him. And it's night. He didn't see it until he got closer. So he until came to knock on my cheap. window, and I, you know, I'm I'm looking at him, and he realized my arm is outstretched, and he started focus. He saw the gun, and he turned and he took off. Right. And I was like, holy. So shit. what what does that show you though? What yeah. does that show you? That oh yeah that I was a that I, that it could be a deterrent and not necessarily yeah, a weapon. I didn't even have to shoot him. Right. 
So then, um, you know, I come back the next day and I'm like, telling him, I was like, oh my God, this guy came up to the, to the truck and all that. He's, he's like, yeah. He's like, that, he's like, ask anyone, you know, he's like, ask my co He's like, ask my coworkers how many times someone tried to rob him. And they're like, oh yeah, a lot. Especially, yeah. and you're like, especially around Christmas time. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's a yeah. huge, uh, cash influx. So yeah. there was one time, so there's one time I was, uh, I was locking up on by myself. We were, we were having a slow day. So I was like, all right. They're like, hey, you know, LT, are you you good to cl- close up? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you know. So I'm closing up. Um, the mechanics are shutting everything down. They're cleaning up and stuff like that. And then it eventually was me and one other mechanic um, closing up. I saw this car driving. This car drives into the parking lot, and it drives around back. All right. Okay. So it doesn't park like in the front of the building. It drives around back. So at first I was thinking, okay, well maybe. You know, this is ride or something like that. But I was like, no, he drove into work. So I'm like, okay. Then I see the car come around, and it's like it's going, it's cruising the parking lot. Oh uh, yeah, so it's scoping everything out. Yeah. Right? So I was like, ah, oh, okay. It's we're obviously we're closed. Right. right? Lights are off. So everything's empty. I come in there and um, I had the door. So it the the shop has a f- glass front, so you could see everything inside. So you could see me standing behind like a desk. You know, like the big counters and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Plain as day. There's nothing obscuring this. So I'm like, okay. So I had the, uh, I had my pistol on the lower part while I was putting the money in the pouch, and uh, dude comes up to the door with a mask on, like a ski like, mask. Oh on. Yeah? yeah. Oh, like oh, I'm just here to get an air freshener, yeah. man. <laughs> and he's he's trying to pull on the door, but the door is locked, right? Right. So I see him like raising up something, like he's gonna smash it in. And all I did was, you know, by this time I'm I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more seasoned. Yeah. So I wasn't like freaking out. I just all I did was just I took my pistol, I put it on the top part of the, of the cabinet, like notch, yeah. like put it up there. Boom! Looked at him and went back to counting the money. And he looked at it, saw the gun on the counter, and he's like, fucking jumped in his car and took off. Yeah. It's and not it worth like, it, right? Yeah, it wasn't worth it because he realized there was a risk and I wasn't going to yeah. do it. And, that, yeah. and that's the thing is, um, you know, guns save a lot more than they take. And it's just by those kind of deterring factors like that you just had. What, two stories yourself on, yeah. you know. And, now, and those are showing, not the only stories. No, no. But I'm saying, like, you alone have two stories about about how just the prevalence and the... Um, and the, the possession of a weapon, um, uh, essentially, what uh, deterred deterred the, any yeah, any, the, any crime or anything like yeah. that. So, it, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I can't justify. I can't, I can't wrap my head around why people see that as a bad thing, right? Because it's all being demonized by these few instances instances of of uh you know school shootings mass shootings you know yeah all that stuff but i mean uh you know we live you know we're overseas we just talked about how a guy drove his uh his truck through a restaurant yeah. killed two people and killed himself and then you know we had paris not too long ago that ran nice. through we had nice yeah with both of them trucks right yep and then we yeah. had the truck during the christmas market yeah so yeah. you have i mean trucks and vehicles are also heavily used to kill people yeah you know, and it's um and to put, um, to put guns on the same platform, is just uh, it's just uh, it seems disingenuous. But let's also go back to the media and how the media portrays it, right? So an AR-15, it's an assault rifle. It does this, this, this. It's like, yeah, eh, but it kind of it, it's not it's, it doesn't live up to the hype that the media is giving it, You're right? And especially to where the 
um, to where the media and uh, there's been some some misquotes. Uh, I'm gonna fire this. I'm fully I'm fully sim- semi-automatic full now. Sim- semi- yeah, full well, semi-automatic. The, the, the it's the like prof- that's not that's not a thing. It's either semi-automatic uh, or automatic. It's not that guy. So the per- the person who said that and, and yeah. I, I made that that I was just like, oh my god. I actually knew him. He yeah. you know he was my commander at one point. But he, I was like, I always tell people, I said, but you have to understand, he was a tinker. He's <laughs> he's not. Well, he I he's mean, not the the he's not the guy to go to to talk about guns. If if you want to talk about the capabilities between armored vehicles, go to an infantryman. That is, uh, I well, imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd go to an infantryman about firearms. You'd yeah. go to a tanker to talk about tanks. tanks. And I was yeah. like, so for him to be out there, and and he's a good guy. He is a good guy. I I, I he's wrong. He was wrong, yeah. and and like even his posture and all that, I was just like, oh my god, sir! I, I, I yeah, it's just <laughs> I taught you. I taught, taught you better, better than that. that. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> yeah. literally taught you better than yeah. that. But I mean, so you have uh, these these instances where, you know, the media is like, hugely disingenuous, and um, you have uh, oh, so speaking of which, we talked about the Parkland shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Parkland, you're still hearing about that. That happened when several several, what like two two months ago. Uh, two or three months ago? ago? I mean, in, in Facebook time, that's like a year. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, so you have all that, which I agree, horrible incident. Yeah. Horrible incident. Right. It should not have happened. However, for that specific incident, there is a system in place that would have stopped that incident had the the bureaucratic process worked as as it was supposed to. Yeah, are you mean the law enforcement agency? The law enforcement doing, agency, doing the yeah, like them submitting, uh, or them submitting the complaints and everything to 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 be uh, researched on the federal background checks, everything like that. I mean, it was, I mean, like it, it just doesn't make sense how that's, yeah. um, because if you look at the 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 gun laws, uh, that are now that that we have now, they're they're actually very very tight. Yeah. You know, going through the process of purchasing a firearm and everything is actually a strenuous process and being deemed worthy of owning one is actually a strenuous process. Yeah. Um, but it's the and, bureaucratic process. And that's the thing. People who've never actually bought a firearm, they always say there is like, it's so easy to get a gun. I'm like, no, yeah, no it's not. It's the gun show loophole. Yeah. No, it's, no there's, it's, not a, there's not, there's one. There's, there's not, there's not one. There is. I want one. you to go to YouTube and look up gun show loophole. And then just find one that actually works. Because I and I also point this out too. I said you you know they're like oh you could go to a gun show and you don't they don't do background checks. They're like well negative. A lot of states they are required to do a background check. I said but even if you take that federally, it is illegal to sell a firearm to anyone who is not who cannot possess it. Right. Right. So if you cannot legally own a firearm, and even if you go to a gun show and and buy one. Mm-hmm. You both committed a felony, right? So you both committed a crime. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of gun gun uh, distributors or gun stores or gun uh, sellers who who are willing to risk that because that's yeah. a livelihood for them. Yeah, because and I'll tell you right now, as someone who has bought firearms from a gun show, they did. They made sure they did. A, they made took a copy of my uh, my driver's license. They did. A, you know, they did a, a background check. They did a, a whole lot of. I filled out a lot of paperwork before I was able to did, leave with the firearm. Did you leave the actual um, show yeah. with the firearm? Yeah. But how long did that process take? Um, basically, so this was the, this is how you did the process. So I went to the person. I, I told him, you know, after I saw the gun, yeah, I said, I okay, want this Glock I 19, this, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. So then he was like, okay, cool. You can get your driver's license and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, cool. I gave him that. Um, you know, he actually went into 
took a photocopy. He made me yep. fill out paperwork. He said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to sit this back here. You will pick up, give me a ticket. If everything is good, I take the ticket as I'm leaving, and I, I turn over the ticket, and then I was able to pick up my right. firearm. So, you know, there was a process in place. So how, how long did that process take, though? Like, like um, uh, I imagine that they, you gave you well, know, I didn't, your name I didn't and information and everything, yeah. and then... I didn't go pick it up right away, so. But I mean, l- let's just give an idea because it's not like it's not like going to a convenience store and just purchasing like I yeah, want no, fifteen no. Glocks, no, you know, no, and you walk no. out there with like a bag full of Glocks. You so, know? Um, no, I mean, it, I, it was it was took time. It wasn't like yeah, I, I, it wasn't a quick turnaround because they actually went through and and like they did a background check. They did, they did run my name through systems and stuff like that. And they actually had a they actually had an area set up where like basically these guys the 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 um vendors would turn in the paperwork like okay here's this guy's purchasing this and and then it would return if there were any oh, red flags I forgot right? the I forgot the one part I'm sorry I forgot one part prior to so this was this was a uh, North Carolina prior to being able to even buy the gun I had to have I had to go to the courthouse and get a buy a purchase permit to buy the gun so and take so that you had to be vetted me. twice yeah you had to be vetted, no. like, to to you had to to be vetted because they did the um, some kind of background check or whatever. When to I did the the purchase the permit, so yeah. like I had to pay, so I I bought five at a time because you could buy up to five. Mm-hmm. So I bought, I had to buy the permit to be able to purchase a gun. So I had to buy the permit. Was that per each gun? Yeah. So for so, each gun, you have to have a permit for. Yeah. So. Y- you had to have a permit to purchase a specific gun, so you already had to kind of know what you were looking no, for. No, 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 no. You had to. So or it was just kind of like a blank. It's sort of like a blank. Like okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like I can purchase any five weapons. Right. With well, these five you could permits. buy more, but you can only buy five permits at a time. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So yeah, what it is is like you you get there, they do a little background because even when you do it, when you go to the purchase, um, when you went to go get the gun purchase permit, I had to go in, fill out everything, you know, identification and stuff like that. Then I had to wait like a few days and then I could come and pick, like they said, 48 hours. And you, you if everything's good, you could come back and pick up your permits. So okay. it wasn't like I went, here's my money. Can I get a gun permit? It wasn't like that. It was like mm-hmm. fill out information. 48 hours later, came back, purchased that. I had to take I had to also give them that, too, when I went to the gun show and, and purchased the firearm. Wow. So it, was, it wasn't a Glock it, 19. It, it, it was a Jericho 941. Just, to be, just, <laughs> just so you know. Just so. You know. But uh, but I do. I mean, I, ju- I just use the, I just use it as well, a, as a yeah. generic uh, weapon. Oh, you should. And it's Everyone also, it's also easy to say. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> but I mean that that's another thing is you know these gun laws have enacted these processes to where to make it more difficult. Like there's there's a ton of vetting if if it's actually done correctly yeah. to where these weapons are actually in the the hands of people who are responsible and trusted to have them. No. Now I will say this: like there, there have been incidents where I have been able to go into a gun store and walk out the gun with a gun. Um, that same, like, like I won't say like that, but I still had to go through the background checks and all that. But the mm-hmm. only reason, the only reason um, I was allowed to do that is because I was an active serving member in the military. So I went in, say I wanted, and this this was actually the time I did purchase my Glock 19. Um, I went in and gave them my military ID. You know, gave them, I had to give them a copy of my orders, right? Because yep. I wasn't a resident of that state. Mm-hmm. Had to give him a copy of my orders. Uh, he went, ran a background check. Of course, it was quick because I'm, I'm a. You're in, in the federal system. I'm in the federal in the system, military. right? Yeah. So it was quick. Boom. Perfectly fine. Then I was able to buy the gun. And that took about 30 minutes. 
But still, like, the process is there. It's not, I mean, you're not going into a gun store and then purchasing, like, all these crazy weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing that and yeah. then walking out ready to kill. You're not, you, yeah. That's not the mindset that really anybody no. has. Well, no one does that if they're, like, if someone is kind of planning to do something like that, generally, um, it's it's... It's it's malicious. It's it's, it's malicious, and 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 most of the and time and they don't use tinted. their own personal weapon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I mean, and that's another thing is if somebody wants to get a weapon, like if they want to have it for malicious intent, yeah, you know, with the serial number scrubbed off or whatnot, yeah, you can get them. Like yeah. there's a there's a black market. You know, there's a reason why. Um, let's say Chicago, Southside Chicago. Everyone loves talking about this place. Very, very stringent gun laws. Very high um, murder rate. Well, let's look at the recent shooting in California. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You mean the YouTube one that we have not heard about? Yeah. That was very recent. That that hasn't been in the news for days, but I'm still hearing about Parkland. Exactly. And Um, again, that's that's the entire... uh, the media propaganda shoving, you know, misinformation or an agenda down, you know, in down people's throats is because, you know, there's certain instances. So I'm going to name off a few, and you tell me which one you know, right, okay. or or what you think about it, right? So you have the Parkland shooting. Yeah, it's tragic. Right? Tragic, right? You have the shooting in the small Texas town where the the guy the guy shot back with the, an AR-15 at the church, right? Yeah. How many died? 20 over 20 yeah 26 right. or 27 how many died in parkland 17 okay so you have 17 versus 20 which one did you hear about uh, you hear more about parkland now okay now then you had now what locations were those florida and, and texas. texas right mm-hmm. so now the latest one is you have california mm-hmm. you had uh uh which was the perpetrator was actually a woman mm-hmm. with a handgun mm-hmm. and what religion Muslim? Ba- no, we she was Baha'i. She's Baha'i. Baha'i, um, which is uh, very common. She was Persian. Persian, okay. Um, but it's very common in, amongst Persian. Like, if you know a okay. Persian person, they probably are Baha'i. Okay, so uh, Middle Eastern, we'll say that. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, so Middle Eastern. Vegan. Vegan, feminism, feminist. Animal Multiple rights. YouTubes, right? And her entire, th- animal rights, PETA. Yeah. PETA has now killed more people <laughs> than the NRA. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, um, it's uh, it's interesting how much you actually know about. I mean, because if you want to talk about the, uh, we heard a lot about the YouTube uh, shooter, initially, yeah, and then the media gathered all the information, put it out, and then that was it. And then you know, I haven't seen it on my Facebook. I haven't seen it on any other media outlets. I haven't like it, it's been essentially squashed. Well, because it doesn't fit a certain narrative, right? Exactly. They wanted to be a white man, you know, and they were they want to be able to call it, oh, he's a domestic terrorist. And I'm like, do you understand what the word terrorism means? All shootings are not terrorism, all right? This is just by the definition of the word. But yeah, and and what I'm going to say, since it just happened this week, this is this is what I want to do. I'm gonna we I want to revisit it in like two weeks time, and see if anyone brings it up. And talks about yeah. it. Yeah. Let's right? see if it actually gets analyzed and right. and everything. But I mean, if you want to talk about the facts of, of the YouTube shooter, you know, that was um that was kind of the epitome, like it had all the red flags. Yeah. Like when it, when the media was, was uh putting it out, you know, uh you had a disgruntled uh YouTuber who was getting uh demonetized, essentially yeah. not getting paid for what she was doing. Made that was made videos on that very yeah, subject. Yeah, and put out public i don't want to say threats but public um opinions on that um 
and those were very, very quickly taken down from all of her social media um, um, profiles and everything like that. But then, so you have she gets she gets um, demonetized. She spouts off her um, her dissonance, right? Her disgruntled opinions, which okay, whether it's ju- just or not, like you know, handle it. Well, she did <laughs> in a mm-hmm. manner that we don't always like so she left home they uh her family uh well she was from southern california and then she went to northern california California. or she went to the bay area uh so that's that's a a long way 500 miles yeah almost 500 miles her her family declared her missing Mm -hmm. uh police found her sleeping in a car Mm -hmm. uh like about halfway i think about halfway or almost to no, I think she the was area. There. Was she area I, there? I, I'm not sure, but I think she was actually well, I mean, it was, in it had, San Bruno. She was around the San Bruno area. Right. So police found her. Well, you're an adult and you seem fit, you're mentally fit, so we can't yeah, you make can't you make go back money. to your family. So they call back to the family. Yeah, she's safe and everything like that. And then she s- essentially sneaks into the YouTube headquarters and shoots people. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, if that does not fit the agenda, I don't know what what doesn't. You know, like that is. Well, we'll uh, see that the the problem with that where it doesn't fit the agenda is because one, it's a woman, right? Absolutely, uh, she used a handgun mm-hmm. and, and not an AR fifteen. AR fifteen, which is so easy to get. And, the guns show loopholes. And, I don't know why she just yeah, didn't get and that. California <laughs> is a very gun restrictive state. It is absolutely, and also the uh, LA has such a high murder rate. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing is uh um you know a lot of these areas or a lot of these places that are being um uh, targeted for shootings are gun free zones. Well, guess what? It's not the guns that are doing the shooting. It's the people. It's the people. It's the people because they see a target of opportunity and they're like it's the uh, the path of least resistance. It's um it's a uh, they're essentially um uh. Attacking a place to where people are supposed to feel safe, you yeah. know, and it's a uh, it's a it's a false sense of security is really what it is yeah. because you're relying on other people. You're not relying on yourself so, for your own security. Yeah, exactly, and that goes back to what we were bringing up. Absolutely, it's pa- personal self protection. Mm-hmm. You know why why that's so important. You should not rely on others to keep you safe. You should have whether they be personal people or government entities, right. You should be able to at least have some fundamental ability to protect yourself. Absolutely. But since we're, you know, we just brought it back to the beginning. And, bum, uh, bum, bum. Da, da, da. Um, this is a very good discussion, and we can go on and on and on and on about that. But uh, we would like, we'll, we'll just cut it off here. Yeah, I think I think this is a good stopping point. Yeah. Uh, so it's if probably, you have any questions. Oh, it's going to oh, come back again. Man, we could, we could have an entire series on this, I think. <laughs> but, um, I mean, so a few of the, uh, the notes from this, you know, um, it's all about self-protection and responsibility. Um, there is a process in place, both federal and at the state level, uh, for um, for firearm ownership um, and purchasing of firearms. There is no gun show loophole. There, there is an entire process if it's actually done right. Um, if it's not done right, then you committed a felony. Congratulations. Um, you know, all these shooters that are um, happening right now or that we've been hearing about, you know, it's very selective on what the media will show you. So... You know, it's it's don't not get hyperbolic. Yeah, don't get hyperbolic. Try to take it as as needed or take it as prescribed. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, just just know that you know. Yes, people die, but w- if you were in that situation, would you want to be defenseless? 
Exactly. You know, or what, I mean, because they've done interviews, I know we're going to cut it off really soon, they've done interviews of teachers in the situations to where, uh, you know, in, uh, the teacher is being quoted as being, or as saying, I wish I would have had my firearm. Yeah, and and guess what? That gets cut off from the media because it's not. It doesn't fit an agenda or anything. Well, like I said, but I'm gonna let's end with this just to make sure. So why we don't be hyperbolic? Crime is at its lowest point in recorded history. All right, I want to make that point very clear, but it still happens. So look out for yourself. Be vil- stay vigilant. Yep, and, and you are your own safety. Boom, boom, boom. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Dose Offensive Gentleman podcast. We want to hear what you got to say, so leave us a comment below and hit that like button. Also, subscribe so you can get your future DOG updates.